got everybody in and sitting down. That was exactly the goal of it, I guess. So good to see the house so full. It's good to talk to everybody and see everybody again and glad to see everybody fellowshipping. Let's just begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning so thankful, Lord, to be gathered together again, Lord, not because of us and just the friends that we have, but Lord, because you are our Lord and our Savior. And it's the hope that we have in you that brings us together as we fellowship and worship you and glorify you and talk about the wondrous deeds and the wondrous works that you are doing in people's lives all over this world. And Lord, I just look forward to this morning, Lord, of just the sweet time of knowing and seeing more of who you are. Walk before us this morning, Lord, and fill this place with your Holy Spirit as we uh, seek the guidance and direction that it gives us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's all stand up. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with me.
song we haven't sang here before it's called all i have is christ and i love the words of this song and the depth that they speak to um in the verse three it says oh father use my ransom life in any way you choose and let my song forever be my only boast is you if we are truly ransom do we care anymore where it is and what it is and how it's used we don't care it was ransom it was ransom paid, and we don't care anymore. It's Christ to use.
really low. <laughs>
testimony that's just burning on your heart this week?
everybody looks down. It's cold. <laughs> I got two more days of cold. I'm headed for tropical climates.
Now am I on? Okay. Too much stuff. You think I'm like looking like a wire. You could say I'm wired. All right. So Brad, you're not coming up? Zach? I still have the bentos. They wouldn't even come up here for a pack of mentos. I'll bet you they'd have been up here last Sunday for that bag of Smarties. What do you think? Think they'd have came up for that? I think so, too. All right. You guys got a song you want to sing? Nothing? Who's the king of the jungle? Yeah, we can do that one. Key of D. Who's the king of the jungle? the king of the sea, Willy, 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 who's the king of the universe, who's the king of me, I tell you, J-E-S-U-S, yes, he's the king of me, he's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea, hold on, do you guys know your part, what's your part, huh? That's right. That's your part. Boys, what's yours? All right. So how about all the, all the guys in church? Dwayne, I'm looking at you. I don't even know where you're at. Um, all right, Dwayne. So I want a good hoo-hoo monkey. Monkey hoo-hoo back there, all right? You can't do the monkey? 
Dwayne, it's like this. Can you, can you, you got it? Oh, yeah, ah, that, exactly. Okay, well, we got Dwayne now. Okay, so all the guys in the church are going to help you guys. Ooh, ooh. All the girls are going to go, wheelie, wheelie, wheelie. Okay? All right. Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? Who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S. Yes, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? Who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S. Yes, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe. The jungle and the sea. Whaley, whaley, whaley. Dwayne, I didn't, you sat down. I mean, look at the example you were to these kids. <laughs> All right. Another one? Anything else? What's, what's your favorite song? Wrapped up, tied up? Is that your favorite song? Okay, we'll do it. It's really hard for me to understand you, that thing. I mean, that is, that's a real talent to be able to speak around. I, wow. I can't, I can't talk with something in my mouth. Well, I have, and then my mom scolded me. All right. Wrapped up, tied up? You guys got this? How fast can you go? You think you're going to go really fast? You're going to have to get away from that post, Sherry and Tiffy. You know, we might have to name that post. <laughs> well, we got one. All righty. Huh? No, what do we play that in, eh? Mm. <laughs> what, what key do you play the drums in on this song? Do you remember? See, it's not fair. He never has to have keys. No, that's, um, I think it's... Okay, we'll do D, just because it's familiar. All right. Wrapped up. Tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside. Side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side, inside, outside, side to side, inside, outside, side to side in God. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus, I'm upright, downright. Living right in Jesus, I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus, I'm upright, downright, living right, 
Up, right, down, right, living right. Up, right, down, right, living right in God. Is that all the fast you can do it? You sure? You know, one thing I had to think of, and I hope you guys never get into country swing dancing, because the way you guys could do all this stuff here, I mean, he was, you had that just to swing it. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, how fast can you go? I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side side, upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright. Living right in Jesus, I'm wrapped up tight, I'm picking up inside, outside, side to side, upright, down, right, living right in God. Woo! That's fast. Good job. What happened to the swinging? Hey. Hey. What happened to that swinging? You gave up. You could at least tap a toe or something. All right. You got another one? Watch one. Jungle, we already did jungle. Got another one? Which one? Uh, let me see. I got the joy, joy, joy. Oh, tied up? We did that one too. How about I got the joy, joy, joy? You, can you say where really loud? Okay. You guys are going to have to do this. You got this? Huh? You don't want this fast? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart And I'm so happy, so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart I've got the Where? Where? And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Well, I'm glad that you guys still have a wear in you. It's pretty impressive. All right, one more. Jesus loves me. All right. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. 
Go back. Testing one. Morning, everyone. Thank you, kids. That was not only entertaining, but it was. A spiritual uplift. Did you know that you children can do that to us old people? Hmm? You can. If there's any old grumpy person here, you can change that. The Lord gives you that grace just to be you and to sing the songs of heaven to Jesus. So thanks for that uplifting, encouraging time. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, for leading us into a time of praise. Um, you know, when the Lord, through David, commands us to come into his house, how does he tell us to come? How does David says he enters the house of God? Hmm? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Praise. What else? What does that look like in your life? In your body, what did it look like this morning? As heaven looked down and seen you enter God's house, what did they see? Joy. Joy. Yes. Lifting up your hands, David said, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That's what heaven's looking for. Did they see that today? In you? Sometimes when there's a lot of visitors among us, we get too self-conscious. And I just want to encourage you, come into the presence of God and see Him as you listen to His Word and enter His presence. This morning before we gave the time to Brother David Arden, who is here with us to share um, the Word of the Lord with us, And also share with us about the ministry that he's engaged with uh, in the spirit of martyrdom, working with many persecuted Christians, Christians who are um, being persecuted for their faith. I want to encourage you with a word in Hebrews chapter 13. This is a word that the Lord has been working in my heart. And is one of the reasons that I, uh, again, felt strongly led to reach out to Brother David Arden and David Witt in the ministry there uh, some months ago, is because the Lord put this word in my heart. And I hope it's a word that the Lord not only encourages us with, but He engages each one of us with. There's a big difference in my life and in your life To pray this prayer, oh Lord, bless all the persecuted Christians in the world. And then get up and walk out the door. But if you don't know who you're praying for, if you don't know them by name, if you do not read their story and enter their life, you will not obey this scripture. You can't. Hebrews 13, verse 3. Remember the prisoners 
as though in prison with them. And those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are in the body. Once you engage into the work, into the heartbeat of our brothers and sisters who are suffering physically, financially, being oppressed through their family, their society, the city, the community they live in, then something happens in your heart. You know what happens? You begin to suffer with them. A light bulb turns on in your mind. Your heart opens up and you begin to understand that the same devil that is persecuting them is angry with you. And he's going to persecute you today. Are you okay with that? He's not happy that you're here. He's not been happy with you all week long. And when he sees your faith towards God make you a conqueror in Jesus Christ over your flesh and over the world, he becomes enraged with you. And he turns into this, like Peter said, an angry lion. And he walks around your life today. And there's one thing he's going to do. That's what he's going to do to you. He's going to startle you with his roar. He walks about as a roaring lion. But he's not only going to roar, he's going to try to eat you. Eat you up today. And if you're unaware of that, he's going to have you in his lap and he's going to cradle you to sleep. And you're sitting in the lap of an angry lion who wants to devour your faith towards Jesus and put your soul to sleep. And you don't even know it. That's what he did to the church at Laodicea. There was a church who lived a lot like us in the Bible times. In Revelation chapter 3, they lived in a city called Laodicea. It was a city of a lot of wealth. And many of the Christians, if not all of them, were very wealthy. And you know what they said? We have need of nothing. We're doing fine. We love God. We love people. We're not suffering for anything. God is blessing us. That's what they called it. God's blessing. Do you know what God called it? That's what he called it, my puke. They were God's puke, making him sick to his stomach. And they didn't even know it. They thought they were God's blessing. They had need of nothing, and God said, oh, no. You are wretched, you are poor, you are miserable, you are blind, and you're naked. And you don't even know it. And so you know what I'm going to do with you? Unless you repent, I'm going to (coughs) puke you out of my mouth. I don't know how many of you have been that sick. I hadn't been that sick in a long time. But a few Sundays ago, I woke up early, like 3 in the morning. And I felt so sick. I thought, what's going on with me? 
And the next thing I knew, I was running for a bucket. And boy, the sounds were awful. And the taste was terrible. Did that all day long. And the Lord reminded me of that word. Phil, unless you understand and engage in the warfare against the devil who is roaring lion seeking to devour your soul and even rock you to sleep. That's how I feel about you. So I want to encourage you, dear brothers and sisters, as we listen to Brother Dave Arden this morning, sharing about our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted, let's engage in that life by just simply being aware, coming to the Lord and letting Him make us aware we have an enemy of our soul and we are being persecuted for your faith. Either He's rocking you to sleep, which is one of the worst kinds of persecution, because you don't even know it's happening to you and He's destroying your soul, or you're in for the fight of your life. And his roar is startling you, shaking your faith to the core, wondering if there's even a God and where he is in your life. That's the devil's persecution. And that's where our brothers and sisters find the grace of Jesus Christ like Daniel did in the lion's den. The lions are all there. They know where they are in the lion's den. But there's a, another one there in the lion's den with them. There's another one in the fire with them. And they are not consumed. And we know I'm alive in Jesus only because of the grace that he's brought into my life today. He's with me. That's why I'm not consumed. That's why I still love him. <clears throat> Before um, we turn the time over to Brother Dave, I think we as a church should um, pray over Carrie and Saretta, the Hershey's, their family. They're leaving for Thailand, and uh, they're going to be there for about a month, uh, engaging with brothers and sisters who are ministering in Thailand. And they may have some upfront and personal experiences of what I was just talking to you about. Uh, that's my prayer, is... Um, that the Lord would bless them with that. Jesus said, blessed are you when you are persecuted for my name's sake. That's where the blessing is. And so I pray that the Lord would bless them for that. With that, engaging that in, in, in the suffering and the pain of our brothers and sisters there in Thailand and make them a blessing as they go and minister to them. Would you um, come up as a family? Um, Blake and Brad, you come up too, and I'm going to ask our ministry team to come up, and we'll pray over them and anyone else who would like to join us, especially the ministry team. Maybe you guys can kneel here. We want to send them out with a, a blessing of the Lord and um, God's care and provision over their life. Let's all pray. Father, I thank you for my brother and sister and their family. I thank you, Father, for putting this burden on their hearts to 
travel across the world to minister, to minister your love and your grace to whoever they meet. I thank you for the connections that you have given them, and I just pray, Father, that you would go before them, that you would make the way clear that they should go. I pray a, a hedge of protection around them for physical safety and health as they seek to minister your word. I pray that it would be a blessing to them, to each one in the family as they go, that they would experience you in a whole new level as they share your love and your grace to others. I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that you will be with uh, Carrie and Soretta and the kids as they go to Thailand, Lord. I just pray that your light and your love would shine down upon them, Lord, and they would just see you in new ways, Lord, and that you would uh, just uh, give them clear direction, Lord, while you they are there, Lord, uh, any way that you would have them to go, Lord, that they would take it, Lord. I just pray that you will especially just reveal your uh, love and your light and your will, Lord, to Carrie and Soretta as they are there that you'll just bless them with new visions of you, of your love and your grace, Lord, and the work that you are doing in other places and other countries around the world, Lord. Just pray for traveling mercies on them, Lord, that uh, they would be able to get where they're going and to come back safely, Lord. And I just pray above all, Lord, that your name would be glorified through them. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for uh, Carrie and Sarah and their family. Lord, I just pray your blessing on them as they plan to leave for Thailand. Lord, I just pray you go before them. Lord, I just pave the way for them. Lord, keep them healthy and strong. And I just pray the power of the darkness be defeated in every way. And Lord, I uh, um, uh, just pray that they could be a blessing and encouragement uh, to the missions there and any individuals they may be in touch with. And Lord, I just pray... Um, also for them that they could be blessed and encouraged in you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that you be with the, each one of them and the children as well. And Lord, I just pray that this could be a time of uh, bonding together as a family and in you as well, Father. Lord, they will be, be greatly missed here, but you will just pray your blessing on them. Give them traveling mercies and we just pray that you return them home safely. We ask this all in Christ's name. Lord God Almighty, Father, Creator, wonderful God, Prince of Peace, Counselor. Lord, we thank you for this precious family. We thank you for the work you're doing in front of them, behind them, beside them, and around them. Lord, as they go, Lord, just give them a fruitful time, a powerful time. Lord, you told Ezekiel you're going to run into some people that have hard heads, but I'm going to give you a forehead like Flint, harder than them. I'm going to give you strength overcome. I'm going to get uh, through the blood of Christ, the power of the Lamb. You're going to overcome through in and through them. So we look forward to victory. Lord, every step they take, everywhere they go, Lord, let them have victory, God. Let them have confidence in you, God. Let them walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, anoint them with power, anoint them with grace, anoint them with strength, anoint their hands, anoint their feet, anoint their words, anoint their friends, anoint, uh, Lord, everything they touch, that they would come back and wonderful reports of the great work you're doing over there. And, Lord, they would start a fire over them more and more. And let the fire blaze in Thailand. We pray for the lost and the broken and the hurting in Thailand, Lord. They would open hearts and surrender more to you. The leadership that 
they would empower leadership over there to, uh, to multiply more the, the love and the grace and the power of Christ. Let them multiply Christ through and through as they go over and come back and even light the fire here more and more. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, we lift up Brother Kerry and Sister Sorette and their family. And we just thank you for this opportunity to, to bless them, to go with them in our hearts. And Lord, that you've opened this door for them to go and, and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to their fellow saints and believers and to the lost and their, in those communities in Thailand. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would put a towel in their hands and a love in their hearts. They would wash the saints' feet, refresh the souls of those who are in the trenches, give them a cup of water in the name of Jesus. Make them that for them, Lord. Oh, I pray that you would use them to lift up the the feeble hands, the hands which are hanging down to strengthen the feeble knees and, and you would, Lord, engage them into the work that you're doing there. Not only to refresh the saints, but also, Lord, to share the gospel with the lost. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as they become partakers, that you would give them this blessed opportunity to just become a partaker. Another son and daughter, sons and daughter of God that are just engaged in the fields that are white and ready to harvest. Protect them with your love and your Holy Spirit and go before them and open doors of ministry to them, Lord, I pray as servants. And, and Lord, keep them safe, we pray. And, oh, Father, I pray that you would fill their own cups. Fill them up, Lord, with the fullness of God. That as they serve, they themselves would be served and blessed by the saints there. Mutual refreshing and building up of one another. And your kingdom would grow and you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill them with your grace and your truth. Put words in their hearts, Lord. And a fire, Lord, of, of the Holy Spirit that, that lights their souls and makes them Give a, a light to the dark world, whether they're in the airplane traveling over there or in the jungles of Thailand or in their urban cities. In Jesus' name, amen. You can just stay here. I also would like to take a moment to introduce you to Brother Dave Arden. Um, I haven't known Dave for very long, but I've known his co-worker, Brother David Witt, uh, for many years, since about 2006, and have just been blessed with their ministry and their serving the Lord, especially to the persecuted church around the world. And uh, Dave and I got to know each other a few months ago uh, when I was down there. Uh, the Lord opened a, a way for me to go and visit them there in their ministry, and we had just had a, a rich fellowship, and again this weekend. So let's pray for Dave as he shares the word with us. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and I just bless you for our brother Dave. I pray that you would anoint him with your Holy Spirit and put words in his heart and let rivers of living water flow out of his innermost being. You, Lord Jesus, open the windows of, of heaven and just pour out through our brother your living word into our souls. And Lord, in your own way, that only you can do, make us a partaker of each other, especially of our brothers and sisters in restricted countries who are suffering, shedding their own blood for your name's sake. And for the kingdom of God, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, amen. Praise the Lord. It's an honor 
and a joy to be with you today and excited to uh, I want to thank Phil and the church for the leadership for the opportunity to come and meet you. It is the, the love of Jesus deep down in our hearts, amen, that bring us out on a one-degree day in a gathering like this. I'm going to go back and report well in Arizona. I think if we hit a one-degree in Arizona, we would not have, Phil, this quite of a robust uh, group. So thank you all for coming out. I haven't known Phil very long, but I already have uh, been connected and just uh, really appreciate him. And even in a short time, he's one of the most uh, loving pastors I've ever met, and I uh, certainly enjoy his uh, heart for God. And, uh, and by the way, uh, not only a, a, good, uh, a good big heart for Christ, but also a nice roaring, roaring lion voice, which is good, Phil. If you can just maybe insert that in a few times during the message today, kind of wake people up a little bit, see somebody do it. I'm just kidding. But we know we got a lion of Judah, right? Amen. He is uh, the lion of Judah, and it's the lion of Judah speaking through Pastor Phil uh, to be that loud voice, to be that, um, that message. So I want to share a little bit about our ministry. Start. Our ministry is called Spirit of Martyrdom, and we are uh, focused on restricted uh, places, leaders at risk, and pouring into leaders. Our, our mission statement is internationally serving leaders who risk much uh, for Jesus. I'll say that again, internationally serving leaders who risk much for Jesus. And our focus ultimately is courage, uh, empowering a bold and courageous witness in remote areas where Jesus is inaccessible and, and really the gospel is unheard of, uh, where, where the Lord is, is remote. Right? We, we're reaching out to tribal groups and rural villages, persecuted believers in places like Bangladesh, India, Northwest Africa, Colombia, uh, Venezuela, uh, Mexico, Russia, and more. I'm just going to share, kind of pan through a few pictures of some of our trips, uh, some of the work we're doing to give you a little visual image. Kids, I want to invite you to participate too. If you're here and you're below age or after you get back from the bathroom, that's okay too. Get involved in listening to what uh, the Lord is doing. Some of you here might be future missionaries and maybe traveling overseas yourself as God leads you. Uh, but we love going overseas and, and really reaching out to those folks that are, that are struggling, that are... Uh, Needing a word from the Lord, and uh, Anton, for you, brother, here, I got to go to Moscow four months uh, before, the, uh, before the war broke out. We have a big heart for, uh, uh, for Russia and Ukraine, praying on earnestly for Ukraine. And there's, actually, this is a downtown picture of Moscow. If you've never seen downtown Moscow, it's a strong skyline right there. This was just four months before the war broke out. Lord brought us in there and uh, uh, got a chance to do some training with the group there, wonderful group of believers there. Um, as well. So um, I want to talk today, though, to us here in the States, our, our focus, right, on opportunity and hard times from 1 Peter 4. If you've got your Bible and want to turn to 1 Peter 4, we're going to be camping there for a while. Opportunity and hard times. Specifically, uh, as, we, as we see from believers overseas, hardship equals opportunity to share. Strife equals a chance to be a witness and reflect the, the glory and the, uh, the message, the image of Christ, right? For example, Acts 14, one of my favorite stories in the life and ministry of Paul. He's on his first missionary journey, as you recall, and uh, he and pa Paul and Barnabas are out and about. They went through Cyprus and Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey, and they're, they're running into all kind of opposition. You remember the story. It's the opposition from thieves. There's riots. Uh, there's uprising against them, and with rising escalation, they're finally cornered by the Judaizers in a town called Lystra, and they're, and they're just let out of town. Remember what happens? Just a bunch of stones, right? Guys just grabbing stones, and just, that's, that'll make your day as a church planner, right? When somebody takes a stone and says, hey, by the way, incoming, and they're wham, and they just start pounding him with rocks and, and uh, opposition strife. Next thing we know, what happens? Paul goes down, boom, on the ground. What a moment in the early history of the church, what a moment in modern, you know, in the history of missions that our first fearless church planter, extraordinary, and, and early in his career, suddenly drops. And it got quiet. And I wondered what the other guys were thinking at that time. What, what's happened to Paul? 
He's our lead guy. He's our lead church planner, right? Who's going to step up if he goes down? Is he going to come back? Is this Paul's first missionary journey? It's going to be his last. Pretty heavy moment, right? But then what happens? By the grace of God, kind of a miracle of spirit, Paul opens his eyes, dusts him, gets up, dusts himself off. And what does he do next? Do you remember what he does next? Does he skedaddle and run away? No. Devil, no. He goes back into town. I'm not leaving yet. I'm going to go back into town because I'm going to make eye contact with my enemies. I'm going to let them know a couple things. Jesus is stronger, and you have not seen the last of me. And that's really the spirit we're talking about today, the spirit in our church, spirit here domestically, of being that strong voice of Christ to your, your family, uh, to your workplace, to this community, to say, we're not, no, we're not going to just leave because times get tough. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to step up, stand out, and we're going to be bold witness for Christ, no matter what the cost, no matter what the pain, no matter how bad it hurts, we're going to stand up for the Lord, right? There's our, there's our message. So I want to open today with a couple questions as we prepare to get in the Word. First question is simply this from the Acts 14 perspective. Can you take a punch? Can you take a punch? Now, Paul's case certainly was a physical punch, but they're not always physical punches. Sometimes it's a verbal jab. Sometimes when you're serving the Lord, it's a financial whack, right, that you get hit with. Uh, a healthcare punch. Some of you today are dealing with some kind of pain. Maybe it's your, uh, your, you're walking around with a limp or some kind of glitter gout or gouge that you're just dealing with and you're just needing to like press into the Lord, right? Yeah, God can use that, right? That's your opportunity at the nurse's station or, or with your neighbors, right? So be aware. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, be honest. You don't have to raise your hand, but be honest with yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how good are you at, at withstanding pain and particularly like the pain of rejection? When we're, when we're new in Christ, you know, I get it, maybe it's a one or two, but as we get maturing in Christ, we get bolder in Christ, our, our pain tolerance, in a good way, by the power of the Holy Spirit, should be going up. And that's why we're talking about pain today and, and the, by the example we see overseas of those who've suffered. Second, what's your attitude towards suffering? What's your attitude towards suffering? Generally speaking, we don't like to talk about pain much in the, in the American church. Uh, the word isn't some, something we embrace. The word suffering is not seeker-friendly or user-friendly. We do a message on, hey, the the joy of suffering, we're going to have people pouring in from our streets, right? No, that's not usually the case here in America because we want to just forget that stuff. We don't want to talk about death or dying. We don't want to talk about suffering. But I want to encourage us today, brothers and sisters, the Word has a lot to say about suffering. We have a lot of examples to, to demonstrate from, uh, from others who are courageously facing. And namely, that suffering isn't out of the ordinary and that we can not only survive suffering, but we can thrive in it and overcome by the power of the resurrection. As somebody who's spent 25 years in missions, I see it's pain, suffering, and sacrifice that often win the day. And you know that, church. You've been here the last few years, growing pains, getting up, getting established. You know that it's suffering that wins the day. Your perseverance is what's going to reach this community. When you take that punch, when you, when you take that rock, you're telling your community, this is how much I love you. Willing enough to take the blows of those around me, right? I, I've been through some of my own... Uh, Challenges over the years, I've been yelled at, chased, denounced, and nitpicked. I've been undermined, criticized, ostracized, and demonized. I've, I've heard it. Somebody criticizes me over the years and somebody undermines me, I'm just simply like, take a number because it's happened so many times before. And that's what happens after a while in faith. We see it. Hey, guess what? We can, we can take the barbs. We can survive. And we'll have a great example today as we talk about the life of Richard Wormbrand. Um, Paul said this way, I... Paul said it this way, I bear the marks of Christ, right? When we're struggling, 
when we're suffering, when we have heartache, we're reflecting Christ and his love through us to others around us. The main idea today is this. I want you to hang, hang with me on this, the main idea. Walking by faith with the help of the Spirit, suffering can be a wonderful, really beautiful opportunity to worship God just as Jesus glorified God on the cross. I want to read that again. Think about that again. Walking by faith, it really takes faith. With the help of the Holy Spirit, soak on this for a second. Suffering can be a wonderful, beautiful opportunity to worship God and reflect Christ on the cross to others. Where's your pain today? Um, there is the opportunity to, to share. In the book of, uh, oh, let's, let's, let me, let's, let's soak on that, that thought for a moment. Let's pray. Lord, we pause this morning. Um, we want to be still before you. Still our hearts. Still our minds. Holy Spirit, inspire us, engage us, teach us how to suffer with boldness and courage and joy. Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus, but the joy set before him endured the cross. The intimacy that Christ had with the Father on the cross. The intimacy we have with Christ when we suffer. Um, with joy, intimacy, Lord, um, keep our eyes. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, and run with endurance the rates marked out for us. In Jesus' name, amen. First Peter chapter 4, beginning in the verses 1 and 2, the word says, Peter says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of his time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Beautiful suffering is a teacher. Think about suffering being a teacher in your life. The pain, the problems, even the emotional strife you deal with is a teacher. And one of the things we see from the Word is that, that um, this pain, beautiful suffering, changes our priorities. Consider Christ, Peter says, who boldly suffered and sacrificed because he, he deeply loved his Father. Why did Jesus suffer? He wanted to do the will of his Father and please his Father, right? And he suffered as a result of that. He knew who he was. He knew why he came, for the redemption of humanity. So he knew his suffering was not just idle, random, purposeless suffering, that, that God, his Father, had a larger, much richer and deeper purpose in it. And that's what I love about, about talking about suffering. It's one of the God's opportunities to do a deeper work in our lives. Christ did some of his best work in suffering and death. So arm yourselves with this purpose. Literally, prepare yourselves, equip yourselves, knowing this with this understanding that, that he who suffers refrains from sin. He who suffers is, is redirected and focused. You're here, you're here, you're there. But when you're suffering in Christ and abiding in Christ, you're here. You're right there. You're face to face, heart to heart, soul to soul with Christ. And I, as, as Paul prayed, I want to know the, the resurrection, but I want to know the sufferings of Christ. I want to ex experience what Christ is dealing with. And, that, and that's the importance and the doorway with, by which we engage uh, those around the world. It, it puts us more in tune with Christ and what he's about. This, Beautiful suffering changes our priorities. Um, it shows us there's so many that are willing to pay that price no matter what the cost. What are your priorities? And how has your hard, hard times really reshaped your focus to put Christ first and his people first? Paul puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about it in the in the body of the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Um, one of the early fathers really of our ministries, you're, many of you are familiar with Richard Warmbrand. 
I want to share a little about him. He was the founder, of course, of Voice of the Martyrs, but also was an instrument really in helping out SOM, helping Spirit of Martyr get him established. He was an early spiritual father for David Witt, who had a dozen or so interactions with him back in the late 90s, early 2000s, before he passed away. If somebody wanted to get involved with helping the persecuted church, Richard Wormbrand would say, start a mission, you know, be a voice, be an advocate. Each of us an opportunity to share with what God is doing around the world. Richard Wormbrand, of course, suffered intensely in the 50s and 60s by communists who jailed him for 14 years, forced him to endure isolation, abuse, and intense pain. His story, though, is really about the his story, particularly Torture for Christ, which is in the back. We've got some free books in the back for everybody. Is really more than, for years, I'm like, Torture for Christ. That's really a cheerful title, right? That's like a Hallmark card. I've got you a book. It's Torture for Christ. Come on down. And you're like, oh, oh, thanks. Oh, that's really a, underneath the shelf there. But it's really a, it's a beautiful book, actually. It's because it's, it's not focused on his pain. It's focused on the stories and the beautiful stories of the body of Christ, countless stories of Christians who have shown their love, their deep abiding love for Jesus uh, over the circumstances that they're living. And it's a wonderful story. If you've not read it, I really want to encourage you to read that. Again, as a, a beautiful re- reflection of Christ himself. Um, Wormbrand says this, if a poor man is a great lover of music... He gives his last dollar uh, to listen to a concert. Then, but then he has not lost his money, right? He, has, he does not feel frustrated. He has heard beautiful, beautiful things. So he says, I don't feel frustrated for many, many years in prison because I've heard beautiful things. And those beautiful things are the lives and the stories of those who have endured much pain and sacrifice uh, for Christ, even those in jail. In 1948, 1948, uh, hundreds of, of thousands of Russian soldiers came into Romania where he was a pastor. And uh, as many people were trying to figure out what to do and fleeing, uh, Wormbrand was a bold, courageous soul who had a, a message and a calling of his own to really stand firm. He was pastoring there and he prepared his congregation with these words. Since 1919, Russians, the Russians have languished without God's word in an atheist nation. The Romanian church did little to reach them. But God has graciously brought the Russians to us. And so Richard, with his congregation, got out in the streets when the Russians were coming to town and started handing out Bibles to the Russian soldiers. Much of his writings are in, in Russian, and much of his passion is reflected on how much he loved and cared for uh, the, Russian, the beautiful Russian church and the Russian people. It's an amazing story. What a, what a, but it, it demonstrates to us this. Suffering is a platform. It's an opportunity. Be in the hospital, be with cancer, uh, be in emotional distress to share with other people. Um, what God is doing in our lives. Not an easy topic. So much, and oftentimes in America, we want to get to the fun topics and the fun things, but it's, it's, a, it's an important topic to, to, to understand and to really grab as we're, uh, as we're uh, seeking the Lord. In my own life, I've really been convicted in recent months with this focus because there's two approaches we can take to suffering. The flesh doesn't like suffering, doesn't like to talk about it. The flesh tends to want to moan and, uh, and groan when things happen. The Christ picture on the cross is submission, surrender, worship to his Father. Um, and so I have to ask myself, and I've been asking myself, when I suffer, when I go through hard times, am I li- kind of abiding in the flesh and letting kind of moaning and groaning, or am I really abiding in the Spirit, letting Christ flow through me? And I'll be truthful to tell you, there's been times the moan, groan side comes out a little too much. And I've been convicted, Lord, don't teach me that when I go through hard times and when I suffer, to really let Christ flow through me and let it be an opportunity. So that's the challenge for today. Lord, help us to, to really follow in Jesus' footsteps and to, um, to abide that example. Um, 
There's a picture of Richard and Sabina, for those that aren't that familiar with them. So suffering really changes our priorities. Second thing, the beautiful suffering is a platform for worship. It's a platform for worship. Let's con- continue in the Word. Uh, verse, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your, for your testing, as though some strange thing were happened to you. But do, to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that you also, at the revelation of His glory, may rejoice with exultation. Um, you know, there's an oxymoron, right? Suffering and worship, suffering and joy. How does that work? It's a mystery. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? How can people go through suffering and still feel joy and still feel intimacy? There's a beauty about it with the right heart and the right spirit where it becomes an opportunity to really uh, bring intimacy and perspective and bring ourselves into the presence of Christ. Peter's bringing out that repeated word. Again, here it is again. Don't be surprised. The word tells us repeatedly, don't be shocked. Uh, don't, don't, be, uh, don't go crazy, right? Don't, don't get distracted when trials come. When persecution arrives, don't be caught off guard. Don't be lulled into thinking that Christianity is some kind of easy street or that Christianity is a, is a, is a cakewalk. The cakewalk from the word perspective is a fake walk, right? It's not easy. If we're not being reviled, if we're not being uh, kicked around once in a while, we're, maybe we've, got the, we've taken the, the path that's a little too, uh, too cozy for us, right? I, I think this is important on the domestic side, not just on the international side. Suffering is the integral part of following Christ. Luke 14, 27, Jesus says, And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And there's a heavy word. I mean, again, this is not a Hallmark card kind of message. This, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an important message so we're prepared when hard times come. Jesus simply says, no cross, no discipleship. Don't have a cross, don't have, you're not a disciple. How have we convinced ourselves in the, in the American church and we have that we can become a, a churchgoer or a Christian and not be a disciple and not be a cross carrier? What is your cross you're carrying today? Maybe it is getting the word among your family that doesn't know God. Or maybe it's your workplace. Or maybe you've, you've got it suffering with some kind of pain in your life or struggle. Um, but to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, right? We're partakers. We're, we belong. We're in the business. We're in the suffering business. So even then, let's keep, let's keep rejoicing. Let's keep focused on the Lord. Uh, let's keep uh, encouraging one another. Um, I told Phil, one of the things I remember about playing high school football, it's kind of snowy, muddy day, and I remember this. I was, grew up in Reno, Nevada, and we'd, we'd like to play football, you know, and half to, halftime would come, and we'd come in at halftime games. This was McQueen High School, Northwest Reno, and cold part of town, and we'd be, if you play, if you were out there on the field, you're coming in, you got mud all over you, you got, you got grass hanging out your face mask, right? You got snow there, and I always felt bad for the guys that came into the halftime game, and they were just, their uniforms were just pristine, right? They just, they looked beautiful, right? Why? Because they hadn't played, hadn't played it down. And he always kind of felt sympathy for them, like, wait a second, how you guys get in the game? Let's get out there and do this, right? There's kind of this really picture for us as we get into heaven. It's like, wait a second, we're gonna, when we get to heaven, we're going to be, we're going to be meeting people who've who've been burnt at the stake, or or skewered by lions, or overcome whatever, whatever's going on. And we want to come in with, in a good way. It's it's a badge of honor, missions badge of honor. Really, our our tours of duty, our scars, and say, you know, I've 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 taken some blows. For Christ, I've gotten hit on the chin a few times. I've, I've been ruffled up a little bit, and that's that's really in Christ's kingdom language, a, a badge of honor to be able to to stand firm and stand fast. Where are you uh, when it comes to that badge of honor as a cross-carrying 
follower of Christ sharing that word with other people. Uh, Peter says, come join, join this suffering, right? This partnership of suffering. I love when, uh, what, what did the Lord say to Paul? When the Lord called Paul into his ranks, did he say, hey, come follow me and I'm going to give you a really nice house down by the, down by the ocean. Or come follow me, Paul, and, uh, and I'm going to make you happy and guess what? I'm going to make you rich. Does, does, does the Lord say that? No, come follow me and you'll get a car and you'll get a car. Or in that case, you'll get a you know, you'll get a chariot, you'll get a chariot, you'll get a horse, you'll get a horse. No, no, no. He through, tell, tells him in nine, Acts 9.16 through Ananias, I will show you how much you're going to suffer for my name. Come follow me. There's intimacy, there's joy, there's opportunity, but Paul, guess what? You're going to suffer. And that suffering is going to reflect uh, my life, right? So brace yourself. And I, I think that's important for us as believers to brace ourselves to, 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 um, to walk in that uh, suffering. Um, last Spring, we went out. We got a chance to go out to India and meet the widow of a church planter who had passed away. We've had three church, we've had three church planting workers uh, killed in our network uh, in India. And we've got a house church network that's grown over the last dozen years, and and we and we got the chance to hear Yalam Shankar Shankar's Yalam Shankar, excuse me, his story firsthand. Uh, he was called into a difficult area of India, in which uh, the surrounding militant workers that were there and the surrounding peoples there didn't want him there, and he got a note one day from the militants who were in the area saying this, you can't stay in this area because you're converting many to Christianity. You're risking your life and the lives of others who will follow you and you will be killed. Uh, the, the planner had a choice. I'm going to step up and, and keep sharing, keep loving, following God's call, or I'm going I'm to hit, hit the road. But God led him to continue to stay, to be a voice, and to, uh, to stand fast. On March 17th last year, six armed men with masks on their faces went into his home to attack him. And after provoking him outside, uh, they slashed his neck and shot him several times in the chest, murdering him. Um, his wife was watching from the inside, but had prepared her for, for what was coming. Yet God, in amazing ways, has used this story and used his legacy to inspire others. The believers around them regrouped. Uh, the believers around them pressed into prayer and a faith. It gave them courage and strength, and many, many more souls were impacted in the area by his willingness to sacrifice. And the whole Indian network was touched by his story. Pastor Singh, our Indian director, testifies, the SOM network is emboldened by Yalam Shankar's faithful witness for Christ, even unto death. And this has brought us closer together. Um, wow. Pain is opportunity. Hardship equals a window of a doorway to, to serve and to connect. And this great example is that, you know, we can overcome. No matter how bad things get, no matter what things uh, look, how bad things look despairing, the Lord is able to per persevere through us. So I want to go back to that question today. Where are you really struggling with pain? Where are you really struggling with, uh, with brokenness? Because God specializes in that brokenness to um, encourage you and help you be a voice to others who struggle. We, um, we see that Beautiful suffering changes our priorities. We see that suffering is a platform for worship. We also see that suffering provides an unforgettable, really, tribute of, of Christ's sacrifice. Reading here in verses 14 through 16, let's keep going in the Word here and, and more. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Let me read that again. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but God, um, do not be ashamed, 
But, pray, but praise God that you bear that name. Uh, for, it is, for if it is a time for judgment, verse 17, right, to begin with God's household, if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly uh, and the sinner? Verse 19, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Hmm. Wow, that's again a challenging word, a difficult word, but let's, let's, let's back up and talk about this. If you're insulted, uh, Peter says, the word is literally, literally reviled. Now, that's not a word we use every day, but that means abusive criticism, angry yelling, or because of Christ's name, we've taken on some hits, uh, some words. He says, if you've been reviled, you're blessed because what the Spirit of God rests upon you. You must be doing something right. For those that are, that are getting words, for those that are getting abuse, uh, taking abuse, there's, <laughs> you're in God's camp. That's, that really shows in the God's kingdom you're doing something right because that means you're standing up and standing fast for Christ. I remember the Wesley story of him one day just going day by day getting opposition to persecution and he hits him one day. He hasn't been, he hadn't been called out on one of his circuit riding trips riding his horse. So he gets down to pray and say, God, I must, be, I must be sinning against you because I haven't got anybody that's criticized me today. And right, at, right, at, right afterwards, somebody kind of recognized him. Isn't that, that Wesley type? So somebody got a rock and threw it at him, and he goes, oh, praise God, I'm in the right camp still. I've been refocused. And that, that's, so, that's, so, that's such a great picture and re, great reminder for us today to stand firm and stand fast. The Lord is energized by that. The Holy Spirit jumps on that, right? The Lord receives honor and perks up. Peter says, generally speaking, there's two kinds of suffering. Suffering for Jesus' cause as an act of worship, right? Like we've talked about. And then there's this kind of suffering. Suffering for selfishness, uh, for sin, crime, thievery, meddling. Suffering for being stupid. Don't raise your hand here, but if any of you have suffered life because you've just made stupid decisions, there's a kind of a form of suffering, right? We Suffering that leads to, to, to the right living. Peter says, if you're going to pick, and we have a choice, pick suffering for righteousness, right? Pick suffering for truth. Pick suffering for being that voice and that, uh, that advocate for, for truth in, in the kingdom of God. Um, and, then, and then Peter makes an interesting question here. For if God's household has to suffer, what will, what will become of the, the godless and the disobedient? Well, we know it's, it's awful, right? But those who suffer, verse 19, should entrust themselves to the faithful creator. Um, if you're going through suffering right now, let's pause trust ourselves. God's going to use us. Uh, God's going to uh, restore this. God's going to re- make this right uh, somehow, some way, as only he can do. Matthew 5, Jesus says it this way, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Hang in there. You're in good company. Though it's tough, and though you get down, and though we get kicked around like a soccer ball sometimes, you know what? Hang, re- reverse course. Renew your focus. Renew yourself in Christ. Stand firm. Stand fast. And, and renew that, that, God would be, that God would overcome through you. Overcome evil uh, with good, as the scriptures say. The life of Richard Wormbrand is one of really flagrant paradox. Uh, beaten on his feet to the bone. He, he was a shoeless prophet, honestly. A man without anything on his soles, which is kind of ironic being a, a pastor. But they beat his feet so many times he couldn't wear shoes. One quote of his said that he could not describe what it felt like to be beaten repeatedly on his feet. You know, feet kind of tender. 
tenderness, right? They're like tender places. Uh, but surprisingly, surprisingly, Richard Warmbrand recounts the intense joy that he and other believers felt in the midst of this terrible persecution. Christ came in a very intimate, close, abiding way. He said one time, I wish I could have been a painter. I could just paint the smiles on the faces of believers. Even though they're in prison and they're going through hardship and loss, the Spirit of Christ shows up in such a deep, intimate way. And, and after 14 years of prison, after 18 scars, he never held a, really any animosity toward his oppressors or tormentors because it brought him so close to Christ and God used it in his life in such a, a meaningful and profound way. In 1965, when he was finally released from prison, he was urged by Romanian pastors to go west and become a voice uh, for the fallen. He, don't stay here. Go out and tell our story. Tell, tell others what's happening here so that others may know and pray and engage alongside of us. And um, he did. He followed suit. He stepped out and, and came to America and based out of Torrance, California, went around to start many branches and many ministries around the world with those, those mess, that message of endurance and, and what's really happening in the, in the, in the underground church. Though Wormbrandt passed away in 2001, the ministry he established endures through the hearts of millions of people around the world who stand fast and stand firm on the, vil- the verse that Phil quoted earlier. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison yourself. Right? So suffering, let's talk about it. Let's get it on the table. Let's own it. When we're going through hard times, family, it's, it's healthy to be vulnerable. I know that we don't like to talk about it. And we're joyful Joyful is one thing. To, it's really important to be characterized as a Christian. But if we're going through hard times, it's okay to talk about it and, and have a heart for those who do want, uh, who are going through that. The scriptures teach us that when one part of the body suffers, what well, we all suffer together. And so here in this body, you can be a reflection of that. When one of you is hurting, and I know you do this already, loving, mourning, comforting, right? Mourning and comforting and caring for those who are hurting. So beautiful suffering changes our priorities. Uh, it's a platform for worship. It's an opportunity to really tribute ourselves to Christ and really become and reflect more like Christ. We become more like Christ as we suffer like he did. And then, and then lastly, um, beautiful suffering brings maturity, really strength and completion. Maturity, strength, and completion as we abide in the Lord and he does the, the perfect work. Let's jump over to chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Interestingly enough, it's got the verse on and the lion uh, too here. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world, right around the world. And after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, and strengthen, and establish you. Let's read that last verse again. After you have suffered for a little while, let's meditate on it, soak it in, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Our story of Christ, our story of suffering Christ, that we're followers of Christ who carry that cross, doesn't end with what happens on the Christ, right? It ends with the resurrection. It continues, right? The story goes on. Your suffering, your pain, your loss, your hurt, guess what? Ends in glorious celebration, exaltation, and <laughs> wonderful... Um, a wonderful exaltation, really, when we come to Christ and, and, and abide in Him on the cross and show others that we can overcome, that we can stand firm, we can stand fast, and we can get, be, get past it. Uh, in my own life, there's a series about three years in a row where I went through what they call you know, stages of grief. 
Are you guys, you guys are familiar with stages of grief, right? It's things like anger, loss. Um, and, and my daughter went off a thousand miles to college, and we were close enough that I literally went through stages of grief. About a year later, my mom passed away. Suddenly, 75 years old, ran years, and she dropped. Two days later, she was gone. We were close. Here we go again. Um, one day, I was snapping at my wife. My daughter left, and I, I went out and prayed about it, and the Lord's like, yeah, you're in the, you're in the anger stage of grief. And I'm like, but then I found out it was stage four. I'm like, oh, I'm making progress. But it's this pain, right, that's where. And then, and then I went through this career change, kind of leaving domestic work to, to now start working with the, the persecutor, working with the nations. And it was like a midlife stress. Two, a year of my life, I didn't know what I was going to do next and what it was my career was going to be. And I would literally wake up in the morning, and I would die a little bit every morning going, Lord, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? What, what's happening? And I had to remind myself, God specializes in brokenness. He's, and he especially spe- specializes in leadership, right? So he's going to show me. He's going to get me through. He's going to guide me to where I need to get. Christ is a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, acquainted with grief. Christ is, uh, if anyone else on all the earth, the one that can understand what we're going through and can be there with us and be that voice. Psalm 126, those who sow in tears will reap with what? Shouts of joy. Maybe you're here today and you've got, had some tears lately. Tears over loved ones that need Christ. Tears over painful circumstances. I've had, it seems like years where I've shed buckets of tears. And we men go, oh, I don't want to cry. It's kind of a, our culture, kind of a not so macho thing to like cry as men. But, oh, look who's crying. But, but Jesus wept. Um, Jesus suffered. Um, Christ suffered and, and did it with dignity and joy and honored his father by knowing how much more can we also. Shouts of joy, tears, right? Tears of tears are, are seeds in the ground. Tears are fertilizer. Tears are cultivation. Tears are, are, are cathartic. There's a different kind of chemical in the tears that cry that you have versus the tears, tears of joy. Isn't that an amazing thing God does? When he gives you tears, it's, tears are a gift. David, hold on, David. What are you talking about? Tears are a gift. How can tears possibly be a gift to anybody? How many of us at Christmas time ever give any our tears? Not, not too often of a Christmas gift. But tears are a gift because tears are, if we're mourning with others, if we're comforting others, it's a way of giving them that love and giving them that care, giving them that love poured out at the cross, that sacrificial love that we mourn and we hurt and we identify with the pain that's going on with them. And we're we're in it with him. Like Ruth said, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you stay, where, I'm going to stay. Your people are going to be my people, and your God are going to be my God. You know what? You're, essentially, she was saying this. Your pain is my pain, but we're going we're gonna to make it through this together. And that's, that's a, a vision cast for the church. That's you, church. That's your abiding love for one another, your abiding love for Christ. People on the streets coming in, hurting from brokenness, hurting from addiction, hurting from divorce, hurting from death in the family hurting from all that they've been through. Where are they going to go? Are they going to get comfort at the bank? Is the government going to help? What about the local football team? How about Bronco Stadium? Hey, I got this problem. Go away. But the church, who but the body of Christ, open up the arms. Come on in here. Let me bring it home. Comfort, peace, love, joy, healing, grace, sacrifice. By the power of the cross that we sang about earlier, a beautiful expression as we sang. Wow, that's it. That's the, the hospital. Oh, we say things like, we're not a museum for saints, we're a hospital for sinners. We say that in the church, and it's true. 
But most churches, we're not equipped to deal with suffering. We don't know what that is to deal with pain. We might have somebody put us in the hallway on the gurney, and maybe somebody comes by to help and say hello. In many churches, nothing. Wait, wait. You got a cross. You got a cross on top of your building. You know, the Jesus. Don't you worship the same Jesus that, that I need? My heart's broken, my heart's needy. Grow up in a church where we never talked about pain in my family. We never talked. I say, Dave, what do you know about pain? You're just a pastor. You've got a good life. Let me tell you a little bit about my pain. I grew up with a father who was a grandfather who was a hard drinker, and his great grandfather was a hard drinker than that. My grandfather used to chase my dad around the backyard with a butcher knife. My grandfather was one who one day when I was one years old did something to me to drop me or shook me so loose. My talking has never been quite right. Something was taken from me I could never get back. I grew up alone in Reno High School. Go out with the wrong crowd or stay home alone by, by myself um, during half the year when there wasn't sports. There was many times of aloneness where I even back into my 20s, I would go back and I feel the aloneness that was there, right? But by God's grace, he brought people into my life, intimate friends who pointed me to Christ and to the way. Where is, where is your pain? Um, there's the opportunity to share. Um, a couple years ago, I was out doing some God time, and I started thinking about the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. What, what did Jesus go through? And it really struck me, and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me through that time about... Jesus suffered for six hours on the cross. I want you to think about that for a second. Let's just kind of get into the heart and the experience of Christ. Six hours from 9 a.m. to six, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Six hours Christ on the, on the cross. That's a long time to hang on the cross. It's a long time to be reviled, cussed out. That's a long time to be uh, trying to breathe, struggle, and very horrible pain that goes on, right? And so I, I started to think about this. What did it mean to Jesus that John was there? To, to be with him, you know. What was that like? Well, there was 12 disciples, and only one of them shows up to be there with John, along with the women, of course. And I thought that's, a, maybe that's kind of reflective of today. Uh, 12, for every 12 disciples, maybe one, one disciple wants to really hang out there and go through people's pain with them, sacrifice. Well, maybe only one out of church, 12 churches really want to talk about that, right? It's, just a, it's a minority. But I believe it meant uh, a great deal to Jesus to, that John was there. Think about your family and the one loved ones you've lost and spent their last hours on this earth. How much does it mean to them that you were there to care for them and love them and, and walk through those hours with them? It was huge, I believe, for Jesus to have John there with him and support Jesus and love Jesus and care for, care for Jesus at that time, that he was not alone when everybody else was against him. And then I also started to think about this. What did it mean for John to be there with Christ also? You're there at the foot of the cross, six long hours. Your best friend, your heart of hearts, the one you've loved, the one you've trusted is now bleeding and hurting and, and, and going through it. And how can you not but see, feel that same pain, that same sacrifice as Christ's blood was shed down on the cross right in front of you? And I thought, wow, it meant a lot for John to be there and experience that and deal with that. So much so, uh, Holy Spirit reveals the reason John didn't have to go through his own martyrdom although they tried, right, was because he was there and died literally when, those, when he spent that time with Jesus, those six hours. I believe that part of John died and surrendered. But then also, what did it mean for their relationship, right? I, I believe it meant a great deal to their relationship. I believe they were bonded together and closed together, and I believe there's a unity that happened with them that they were, that's kind of echoed into eternity, that whenever they see one each other, 
Whenever they walk together, even to this day in eternity, whenever they get spend time together, they maybe hearken back or think about the time that they were together suffering. They're united on the cross in, in pain. And this, brothers and sisters, is the heart of our ministry, caring for those who are under duress, caring, caring, under duress, caring for those who are, who are stressed, caring for those around the world that really are hurting and struggling, need just to need a prayer, need a lift, need a friend just to listen and care. doesn't mean you have to travel overseas. doesn't mean you have to take class. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to comfort somebody, do you? Just being there and emotionally available, learning to be that comforting voice, comforting encouragement, just the presence of prayer, the presence of love, um, believing God for the resurrection of someone else's life, uh, even though the resurrection has not happened yet. And that's my challenge, encouragement to this church. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the way, the truth, and life because Christ is in you. And you've got the hope of glory right in here, in your families, in your home, in your leadership. Uh, Here, your team, this church is not here by accident. God brought you together. I heard the story of how you guys came together and endured together, even sacrificed together and were persecuted together at times for coming together and standing as one body united in Christ. Be that voice. Be that message for Greeley. As you sacrifice for Greeley and and beyond, God uses you and God uh, touches you. Um, Our main focus today is following the word, which says, back to our main idea, when you suffer, do it as a beautiful act of worship like Christ on the cross. That is our example. That is our witness. But we need the faith and we need the Holy Spirit to help us do that. We can't do it in our own flesh. My kids don't understand. My daughter, Dad, why are you pastor have to suffer? It's the Holy Spirit that's got to teach her that, right? That it's not idle or it's not accidental that that happens. Um, that's our main focus. So I want to ask you, encourage you to, to ask the Holy Spirit, where can I improve in how I suffer and then where can I be uh, engaged with other people that, uh, that suffer as well? Our, our uh, opportunities in ministry is simply this. We want people to be aware of what God is doing around the world um, by praying, serving, advocating, and perhaps even if God calls to give. But today it's just we've got a, an encouragement. Sign up for our free newsletter so you go get to be aware of what's going on and we'll give you a free book. I want you to do me a favor. Demolish the back table. I brought a bunch of books. Take the free. I'm not, we're not charging anything. Go back there, sign up for our free newsletters and take a free book with you and take it home and learn about what God's doing in other countries around the world so that you can hear more what God's doing in the next six months a year and get more engaged and be more uh, reflective. That uh, Sign up, and get, get involved and uh, um, get to know us and, and we'll pastors along. And some of you might even feel, feel called to engage more and go places. Phil has uh, got amazing vision for the, the global church, global perspective, met, met, been in many countries, and I know he's will advocate and support you in that role too. Um, God can use you, and you can be touching many lives. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thanks for uh, hearing this word today, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us apply it to our lives more and more. Lord, we, we love you. We praise you. We need you. We can't save anybody. We can't fix anybody. Apart from your Holy Spirit, really, what can we do to be of help? But Lord, you've chosen us to be your message, messengers. You've chosen us to be your voice. You've chosen us to be that salt and that light and that, that, that city of refuge where others from a broken community can find shelter and find peace. Lord, as we drive around the streets today, as we drive around the streets this week, as we think about Greeley, Colorado, as we think about the state of Colorado and beyond, we know that, Lord, without Jesus Christ, many face an eternity without him. And so we want to be sensitive to your spirit. We want to be sensitive to the suffering that happens here. 
And also, Lord, we want to be sensitive to those who, who suffer overseas. Lord, on, deep on our hearts of late has been the, the nation of Ukraine, the suffering, the sacrifice. Um, we hear stories, but we really don't know the depth of what's going on there. Among the elderly, among the children, we've seen pictures of burnout, broken up buildings. We hear stories of people fleeing. But Lord, if you're putting ourselves for a moment in their shoes, to lose our home, to lose our family, to lose our past, and to hit the road is something we, we struggle to understand. So teach us what that is, Lord. Teach us how to feel that and help us in the spirit to know that. And we pray for our, particularly the body of Christ and the bride in Ukraine, that you would use them, that you would multiply them, that you would raise them up, Anton and his family and those connections he has in Ukraine, Lord, to be a strong and passionate reminder that you loved us enough. You loved us enough to shed your own precious blood that we might be restored to you forever. So we pray the, pray the blood of Christ over Ukraine, over Kiev, over the, uh, the eastern parts of Ukraine where the fighting goes on. We pray your blood over the Russian soldiers who were just sent like, like, like lemmings to the, the sea to go out and fight this battle. And the Russian leadership, Lord, you would invade and uh, show your authority and demonstrate your power. Lord, even the body of Christ in Moscow and our friends in Russia, that they could continue to minister to Ukraine where they can and, and, and continue to stand up against an oppressive government. We are firsthand witnesses. Lord, we've seen firsthand what they're dealing with. We, we have ongoing relationships with the Russians, and they're heartbroken. Believers are heartbroken about what's going on with the war, so, so many of them. So we pray for the end of the war. We pray for peace. And we pray you teach us how to be more effective and more fruitful to multiply your name over there and, and all that Eastern Europe and Russia quarter that are just up in arms. Lord, I pray blessings on Redeemed Community Church here. I pray for their leadership, that you would just Use them in a mighty way, God. Give them, embolden them with power, with grace. Fill them with wisdom. Fill them with endurance. Fill them to do everything they can to stand. Your word says to stand and keep on standing. And Lord, when we get knocked down, we get back up. When we get knocked down, we get to stand up a little bit slower times, but to keep on standing. And I pray today for every leader here that's got any areas of their lives that are just struggling and down and feeling down and discouraged. If there's any discouragement in this camp today, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you root out discouragement. Root out the fear Root out the worry and the stress. To say, no, we are one body. We are one family. We are going to abide in Christ forever and ever and ever. And the same spirit that lives in Christ and the same spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead is in us who believe and that we belong to you, Christ. We are your children and your family. And there's nothing that's impossible to you. And so, Lord, what can man do to us? Of whom and what shall we be afraid? What can stand in the way of you? Lord, I pray, no, that you would do this immeasurable beyond what they can ask or imagine in their families, in, in their children's future, in the life of this church, that you would do immeasurable beyond what they can ask or imagine or dream. Lord, three years, five years, ten years down the road, I pray you'd give them such, such fulfillment and such, such dreams beyond what their, their minds can, can, can do, even here locally and beyond around the world. Give them greater vision and greater understanding how to connect globally, how to bear more fruit, and how to see your name echo into, into eternity. So we love you, we praise you, and we, we, we look forward to sharing more as we get together to break bread and we'll be here about what you're doing around the world. But we just want to thank you for you, who you are and what you mean to us and that you paid the price for us, Lord. In you there's no darkness at all. If, if Christ be in us, who can be against us? And Lord, if we confess our sins, you're unfaithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Lord, 
So forgive us. There are times of doubt, worry, and discouragement, and not being that voice, and help embolden us even more to believe this year is going to be a new year with new opportunities. Show us who we can share with. Guide us and give us the words to say, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This time, like, I have to bring up Pastor Phil. However you, whoever. Thank you, brother, for sharing the Word of God. You know, it's, it's easy to uh, think about suffering and persecution and think about, okay, well, that's for somebody out there, somebody in another country. And while here in America we're not uh, persecuted in a lot of the same ways they are in, in other countries, I think so often we miss the opportunities to suffer for Christ, that things that Christ allows to come into our lives, and maybe we just, and I'm talking to myself here, and we sit back and complain how hard it is, or we don't like this situation or that situation, not realizing that we have the chance even in those situations, as small as they may seem, to suffer for Christ and to suffer in it joyfully. So thank you for those reminders this morning. We do have a uh, lunch plan. You are welcome to stay for that and enjoy that time of fellowship. And then after lunch, we'll have a little bit more of an informal session with Brother Dave, and we'll give him a little bit more of a chance to to share maybe specifically about uh, some of the ministry that they do, whatever the Lord lays on his heart. And then we'll, we'll have a chance for you to uh, interact and have, some, have more of an informal question and answer time. We'll just see how the Lord leads that and where that goes. It'll be a little bit more of an informal type thing to, to hear what God is doing in other countries through their ministry and, you know, he can uh, address what questions you might have. So that'll be, uh, we'll, we'll give ourselves an hour or so for lunch. Uh, we don't have a specific time that that, that session will start, but uh, whenever we kind of get lunch wrapped up, we'll gather back in here and do that, and you are welcome to stay for that if you'd like to as well. But in the meantime, I think our lunch is probably about ready, so we'll enjoy that time of fellowship. Let's all stand and... Uh, We'll have a closing prayer on, and a uh, blessing on our meal. Thank you, Father, for meeting here with us this morning. I thank you for your word and, and the reminders in it to, uh, to suffer joyfully for your name's sake, no matter how small, how large of a trial or of suffering you send our way or allowed to come to us, you call us to suffer joyfully for your name's sake, and we want to do that. Father, please make us more aware of that in, in our lives. I thank you for this food that you have provided for us and the time of fellowship we'll be able to have. I pray that you bless the food and bless our time of fellowship and bring honor and glory to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, you are dismissed and we'll have...
This door will be opened up here, and as soon as that is, go ahead as you want to and just file through and uh, get your food and just find a place to sit anywhere.